America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where in just a few minutes, we're going to take a little bit of a light turn. I mean, there'll be some serious stuff, too, but we're going to talk to my good friend, the great comedian, the great actor, the great podcast host, all-around great guy. You got it. If you haven't figured it out by now, it's Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla's in the house. He's joining us. And we're going to get a few laughs, probably at the expense of some politicians. Uh, but uh, I figured after two intense weeks of this election, the hanging election, lawsuits to elect or not to elect Biden, all the questions that we've been uh, grappling with, that it would be worth uh, having a few minutes of laughter. And uh, as you know, Adam also is a very big political thinker, a, uh, a very strong libertarian, someone that uh, is concerned about increased taxes, increased regulation, the deprivation of our freedoms during the pandemic, uh, the nanny culture that he sees in the California um, uh, legislature, California governor, California mayor. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a little fun at the expense of Gavin Newsom. That's right. The governor of California, maybe the mayor, Gil Garcetti. Uh, there is some, um, I'm sorry, Eric Garcetti. I'm thinking of his dad, my bad. Um, there is, uh, Adam has always been a champion of freedom. And I think in this pandemic era, uh, he's going to speak a lot about what he's done in his life, how he's kept his family, his business running, people laughing, even in the midst of all this. And we're going to cover all that in a few minutes with one of my all-time favorites. Now, uh, since we're going to give you so much fun, so much dessert today, we should do a little bit, just a tiny bit of um, vegetables today, get a little bit of stuff. So on the election integrity front just the news continues to do all sorts of investigative work and computer analysis uh, old-fashioned dialing uh, voters and asking them, did you really vote because you're listed as voted but you never voted before and we're starting to get results we may have some big news early next week on what our early review found but last night my good colleague Seamus Bruner uh, broke a very important story and if you remember we were talking in yesterday's podcast and in Wednesday's podcast about this uh, longtime civil servant in um, Detroit, Jesse Jacob, uh, I think three or more decades as a civil servant in uh, Detroit. She was assigned to work elections, and she described the fraud that she witnessed in, that she was ordered to engage in by her supervisors, backdating ballots, other, other tactics that she thought violated the law or certainly violated the integrity of the election. So we began to look at, well, if this was going on a widespread scale, she said 70 to 80 people were working on this uh, the day after the election when they were backdating ballots to make them look like they came in on November 3rd when they hadn't. Uh, who was the muscle? Who, who got hired? Who was helping the city of Detroit to uh, find, um, count, uh, process, run the uh, ballots and run the vote counting machines? And what we learned um, my good colleague and friend Seamus Bruner learned he obviously helped me write the book um, that we did on uh, Russia collusion the, how it fell apart called fallout that book if you haven't got it is always available on Amazon but uh, Seamus found through public records uh, checking that the city of Detroit hired a company called PIE management that was run by the former top aide, a former lawyer, former treasurer, close advisor uh, to the now disgraced mayor of Detroit, a guy named Kwame Kilpatrick, who's in prison for another couple decades, a 28-year sentence for conviction for corruption, widespread corruption, as the mayor of Detroit. And this company, PIE Management, P period, I period, E period, management, 
uh, was run by one of Kwame Kilpatrick's uh, political operatives, um, lawyer, treasurer. His name came up often in the uh, trial of Kwame Kilpatrick. Take a look at this contract. Take a look at what they were paying, what they were operating to do, what machines they were operating. If it turns out they were operating Dominion voting machines. Um, I think uh, Seamus has found an interesting thread to take a look at. And as you see that more and more scrutiny is going to come to Detroit because of the extraordinary affidavit and testimony of that woman, Jesse Jacob, the longtime civil servant in Detroit. And I think you have to assume that uh, we're... Uh, people who were brought in, temporary workers like those that were staffed by PIE, according to the city contract, they got a million dollars. They were supposed to hire 2,000 workers from the city of Detroit to man the election center. They could all become witnesses. Did you do things? What were you asked to do? What were they talking about? Did you see any uh, secret stashes of ballots coming in? I think all of that is going to become a focal point if there's a real investigation by the Michigan legislature, by the FBI, by the lawyers in these private cases. Um, and uh, I think uh, my good friend Seamus Berner has put a nice bullseye around an arrangement in the city of Detroit that's going to get more scrutiny. Doesn't mean anything was done wrong by this company, but given the proximity of the owner to a formerly corrupt mayor of uh, Detroit, it's uh, certainly worth raising the question, putting a spotlight on it, let the uh, folks answer the questions, answer the um, issues that need to be answered here. All right, we're going to get to our good friend Adam Carolla in just a few seconds. First, we're going to go to this commercial break. Remember, if you love this show, if you care about this podcast, if you love the reporting and the writing and the exclusive neutral uh, journalism we commit every day at justthenews.com, sponsoring supporting, buying from the very people you're going to hear of in the next segment, these commercials, is one way to help us. You support them, they support us. It's uh, all tied together. We have great advertisers, great sponsors, very, very special uh, folks. You know my good friends at Kansas City Steaks. I love their um, steaks. I just bought a bunch uh, coming to my house. They, um, they put a sizzle into my backyard barbecue every few weeks and uh, I can't live without them and I hope you try some of their great foods their desserts are great uh, their side dishes are great grab some seafood I did um, these guys are, are some of the best um, at delivering food right to your door that you can throw on your uh, grill in a few minutes or stick in your freezer for the party next weekend for the holiday party and they've got a special Thanksgiving package they're doing for just the news users uh, just the news fans John Solomon reports fans check that out when you use the word uh, just news in the code uh, for checkout one word just news you get uh, a great discount plus free shipping I mean who wouldn't want to have that it's a great deal and if you got a big appetite I don't these days but in the old days I, I could eat this uh, now my doctor and cardiologist would fall over but they've got I'm not making this up a 34 ounce tomahawk steak it is to die for it is amazing that's the, the biggest steak i've ever tried to lay my teeth on you should give it a shot it's amazing uh, if not filet mignon ribeye prime rib sirloin they've got them all all the cuts the very best cuts uh, my family the solomon family can't live without kansas city steaks our freezers are stocked full with it there isn't a weekend that goes by that we don't have hamburgers steaks chicken fish on the grill from our good friends and i hope you support them because they support the show in a very big way and if you use the code just news you get a discount for being a fan of john solomon reports for being a fan of just the news support them 
they support us. We're going to hear from them right now. When we come back from the commercial break, none other than the very funny, the very enlightened, the always uh, direct Adam Carolla joining us in just a few minutes. Hey, folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special, a very funny, and a very important person joining us today. Adam Carolla joins the show. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, after two weeks of being in Washington talking about to elect or not to elect or to count votes or read lawsuits, it's an absolute pleasure to maybe even laugh once today. That would be really good if we could achieve that. We, we needed bad. So you're out in the real world. What's going on? How are people processing everything that's happened the last couple of weeks? Well, I feel like people are processing it in uh, two different ways. Um, some are elated. Some are bummed out. Some uh, small group uh, doesn't care. Right. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm more micro than macro. Like I, I worry about my family, my business, my employees and sure. that, that sort of world. But I don't, I don't really, I, I don't really fret too much on uh, who the president is. Yeah. That's probably a good, a good uh, way to stay sane in this incredible time of uh, intensity. Um, Speaking of family and friends and businesses, how has your business, your family, your, you know, your friends, how are they been handling the, the COVID-19 and the, the struggle between freedom, personal freedom, and also keeping people safe, which we all want to do? I personally am 100% unaffected. Um, I've done nothing to modify any facet of my life. No I haven't kidding. even washed my hands. <laughs> I never washed my hands. You never did before, huh? Uh-oh. That reminds of time. No, that. I, I should have I, known that before I shook your hand 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, that's... I, I never get sick because I have an immune system that's strong because I kind of grew up rolling around in the dirt and I never used Corel. I never used <laughs> soap. I never wipe anything down. Yeah. Now they don't give a crap. Isn't that uh, awesome? And, uh, and uh, as far as work goes, I just go into work every single day and, Anyway, half the people I know are panicked. The other half of the people I know don't give a crap. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an amazing time. And um, when you when you do your comedy concerts, I remember next week you've got one in West Palm Beach, right next Friday and Saturday. Um, what are the audiences like? How, what's that experience like now in, in the era of COVID? Um, I've done quite a few shows around the country. I've been in Nashville, Texas a few times. Right. Arizona, Salt Lake 
city. Like I've, I've been out and about. Uh, you know, it's a self-selecting group of people who aren't panicked over COVID and want to have a drink and a laugh. So, right. you know, whoever shows up to the show is good to go or they wouldn't show up to the show. That's right. right. That's so, right. So it's like saying, what's the general mood of the people who show up at the skydiving academy? And the answer is, general mood is they're pretty ballsy and they want to go <laughs> but if you if, if, yeah. if you if you gathered up a random 20 people and sent them to the skydive oh, academy yes. then they wouldn't feel that way oh absolutely it'd be a much more nervous crowd don't you think <laughs> yeah i do oh gosh uh, that's great. It's good to see that people are out and engaging, and, and we all need a laugh and a drink. Uh, Lord knows that. Um, when you look out over the country, and uh, you uh, a couple of years ago we were together in Washington D.C. and uh, talking at the JFK Center before you performed, and we talked about all this—the beginning of cancel culture and and sort of the harshness of, of uh, everyone trying to uh, equalize or <laughs> uh, destroy their enemy. Where do we get this country back to talking about we in America and not so much us and them? Is it salvageable when you look out at it? It, it doesn't feel that way right now. Like to me, I've been saying, well, I wrote a book over 10 years ago called In 50 Years We'll All Be Chicks. And a lot of the stuff I... <laughs> I remember that. A lot of, stuff, a lot of that stuff came true right? Uh, already. But... Um, I now realize that I don't think we're going to come together. I feel that half the country is going to be driving a Prius to a safe space, and the other half is going to be driving a Jeep <laughs> yep. to an octagon. There you go. It's going to be octagons and safe spaces. I don't know what. I don't know if there's anything in between anymore. Wow. There's an image I'm not going to get out of my head. Wow. You're right, though. I mean, the the, the, the strident nature of America. I mean, I, I think about my, my grandfather and uncles who served in World War II, and the only thing, they they always used the word we. There was never us and them. It was we. And it seems like today Hatfields and McCoys are, are the only show we got running on television and politics and even now, sadly, at the dinner table. Um, are you, you don't you don't see a salvation from this? Huh? We're we're headed to an abyss, aren't we? Well, all right. So you think about there's a, a an action and there's a reaction, right? right? So when everyone starts pushing people to get into electric cars and Priuses, another group goes out and buys a Ford Raptor pickup truck, <laughs> which is essentially a, a trophy truck, but. Absolutely. Suspension travel, right? Yep, and about six so, miles a gallon. <laughs> right. So which which side is going to move toward the middle? The, I don't, the rapper truck guys, are they going to move toward the middle? Are the Prius guys going to move toward the middle? I will tell you an example of how, um, speaking of Raptor pickup trucks, I'll give you an example of how divided this nation is and how impossible it's going to be to put it back together uh james brolin the actor sure just brolin okay james brolin is married to barbara streisand of course barbara streisand is one of the leftist leaning you know green peace tree hugging green new deal no folks. doubt 
on the Probably planet. Probably so. Right? Right. James Brolin's the car guy. And when I interviewed him on my podcast, he proudly told me not only did he get a Ford Raptor, but he didn't want the new one. Now, I'm sure James Brolin and Barbara Streisand can afford whatever they want. I'm pretty sure they could, right? He said, said, I didn't want the new one because the new one had the turbocharged V6 in it. I wanted the 2016 that had the V8. He needed the big eight. So Absolutely. The man, the man who's married to Barbara Streisand is driving around a car, and he didn't even want the V6 in it. It was too efficient for him. <laughs> oh, you're so right. And uh, the great thing about it is you can look at this and you can still make a smile and think about it, which is an amazing gift. Um, you look out at the country today, the size of government, the size of budget, the deficits, and you've always been a, a big champion voice for just freedom in America. And and uh, I wonder, is there a moment where we all inflect after COVID uh, uh, gets a handle or we get a handle on COVID where we, we take a look at these deficits, we take a look at some of the size of government and say, we can't afford this anymore. Do you, do you see that as you look out um, a moment in the not so distant future where at least we shrink the cost of some of what we've built? You and I will think that way, but right. I just got done. I just I just got done passing through uh, Malibu, California. Now I'm heading into Santa Monica, right, California, and there's nobody I pass thinks that way. <laughs> That's probably right. Yes. That's a problem, uh, isn't it, long term? Because the checks can't be written forever, I guess. But um, wow, yeah, that's a good point. It's just not on anyone's radar right now. Well, think about money. It's, in, it's invisible now. We used to pay in cash and coins, right. and now it's all just, you know, swipe the card or right. use your app on your phone right. or call Uber use your watch, Eats. Right. So no one really – money's invisible, so people don't have an appreciation for it because it's invisible. My kids don't have an appreciation for money because it's, it's on their phone. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You're right. We've lost that tangible connection to what a dollar or $10 look like. Yeah. Such a good, such a good point. Now, a lot of people will say Donald Trump has been bad for comedy. A lot of people say it's good for comedy. I don't think anyone could argue in the news industry, at least, that Donald Trump wasn't a boon for the last four or five years. If the president ultimately loses, concedes, and Joe Biden is uh, sworn in on the 20th, what is the news media and the comedy industry going to do? I think CNN is just going to follow Trump around while he golfs (laughs) and critique him golfing. Like, oh, he's using a sand wedge? He should have used a pitching wedge. You're right. This is an outrage. You're absolutely right. Yep, it'll be the new golf channel. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and MSNBC will have Joe Biden, so they'll be okay. What will Fox News and, and uh, the conservatives do? Uh, they'll be probably going after the AOCs and right. the Pelosi, and the, you know, the usual the usual subjects. Yep, the usual subjects and suspects for sure. Yeah, it's sort of funny. I mean, I think people forget what the news media, particularly the news industry, looked like in 15 and 16. They were they were sucking wind, and then all of a sudden this tornado came across this guy called Donald J. Trump, and uh, the, there was 24-hour breaking news headlines even when there wasn't breaking news. It's an amazing thing that happened the last four years. I know. It was this one story to the next story. Like He was at Arlington Memorial and called all the fallen soldiers losers, <laughs> yes. and then they just run 
they'd run with that for like three days and then they just go to the next one. Yeah, I'm like, oops, that one isn't right, so we'll move on. Yeah, so uh, it's in, it's now been disputed. <laughs> It's, it's something else. All right. If you're if you're in the White House and you're advising uh, President Trump on what's next in his life, what advice do you have for for the 45th president? What's next uh, for him? Yeah. Um, I think he's going to start a media company. Yeah, and I think you're I right. Think he's been, I think he's been talking about fake news long enough. Yep. Probably feels like he was torpedoed by the mainstream media. And I think this last election is going to give rise a lot of alternative news sources because USA Today or Los Angeles Times, New York Times, CNN, you just can't, you can't get the story from them. Anymore. Yeah. Nope. No, you're right. There's an enormous distrust. When 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 the news media's ratings are below Congress, you know you're in trouble in the news media. And um, yeah. and the only one lower than news media are pollsters right now. I guess that's the only good news. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, we've seen it. You know, I, we, I just started a new news organization in February called Just the News, and we're up to about 20 million readers a month. And uh, you really see people just craving for uh, a different approach to news and, and less opinion and just more fact. Let us make up our own mind and stop making our mind up for us. And it'll be interesting to see right. what, what thrives in that aftermath. All right, so now if you're on the couch with Joe Biden, and he's he may be the 46th president, uh, you got any advice for Joe Biden? I would like him to not raise taxes. Right. I feel like you want to help the economy, you lower taxes and you lower regulation. You want to hurt the economy, you raise taxes and you raise regulation. There's no, I don't know how you can help the economy and raise taxes and regulation at the same time. He's going to do it, but good, our, good luck with the economy. Yeah. I, I, you know, Trump didn't do anything. He just lowered taxes and lowered regulation, right. and then the economy took off. Takes off from there. Yep, that's, that's how it works. I, there's no possible other way to do it. So, uh, but he's he's going to do it. It'd be nice if he it'd be nice if he looked after the border and didn't raise taxes. But he, he's not going to do either one of those things. Yeah. No, I think you're probably right. I think he's uh, his left side of the party will make sure he doesn't. Um, when you look at, uh, and uh, you and I, I think a couple of years ago, we were talking about this backstage, but the um, when you look at the tax rates in California and in New York, and you see now this extraordinary flight out of these urban areas, particularly the blue urban areas, at some point, does that flight, does that... Um, you know the loss of business, the loss of jobs, the loss of uh, loss of paying uh, taxpayers. Do blue states that have been, you know, like Los Angeles or California, do they wake up? Do are they forced to change their behavior just because they lost so many people, or will those trend lines continue and they just won't care that people move to Florida or Texas or, or um, uh, you know, South Carolina? Well, you know, California, Los Angeles specifically, they did that with the movie industry some years ago and they chased out the movie industry. Right. They all went to Atlanta and Great point. Montreal and the New Mexico. They chased them all. They took the most liberal people on the planet and they chased them away to you know, Breaking Bad's filmed in New Mexico, not because they wanted to film in New Mexico. <laughs> right. They wanted to film in California, but they got chased out. Yeah. And the, Powers that be understood at a certain point, we just chased out all these job creators and, and, and this huge tax base. 
so they started doing things to try to get them back. So I, I would imagine that was just a microcosm of what would be going on with the entire state. And maybe they will do something to try to lure people back. They're going to have to because other than that, they're going to be a failing state. Yeah, that's the real challenge. You just can't balance the budget when you lose that many paying workers and, and um, uh, job generating companies. And um, I was looking at uh, one of the statistics in uh, in an economic journal that took, you know, if, if Biden raises taxes and it goes up to 39 percent, as they're talking about in some uh, places and you take the local taxes there are you know many states and communities where the total tax load is 50 to 60 percent of what you take home and, and that's almost unfathomable you're only working for 40 percent of your pay when you when you look at that and i wonder at which time i guess if you're a millennial on your parents couch it doesn't matter because it's just mom and dad's mind getting taxed but at some point um that becomes impossible to live on i imagine and i wonder when that debate occurs whether whether there's an open dialogue about that impact on taxes and uh, never mind regulations. Well, I mean, we want to talk about a civil liberty. I yeah. mean, taking 60% of your paycheck over 50%, it, it's insane that more people aren't outraged by yeah. it. But I don't know why, but they're not. It's insane. It that is. They would want to take that much. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I would definitely. You have to move. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's, that's the only way you vote, right? You move out of the out of the uh, out of the area and try to find a place where you can keep more of your of your hard earned money. It's um, right. it's a really really remarkable moment to see those figures and and where they're headed over the next few years. Now, you you remain one of America's funniest guys, and you're, you're able to bring a smile out of anyone, no matter their political views. But as you look at the state of, you know, I grew up. Obviously, we all grew up on Johnny Carson and Jay Leno, and and um, uh, do you think that uh, late night talk comedy has lost its way? What do you feel about the current state of humor uh, in America? And how do we how do we get more funny? If we can't get more of our tax dollars back, can we at least get more funny? Well, comedians have to remember that they're there to push back against the man. And Donald Trump is not the man. The man is you know, Governor Gavin Newsom, California, he's the man. Mayor <laughs> Eric Garcetti. They've had the wrong target, right? the man. <laughs> Push back against the real man, not yep. the straw man. Trump, they they have the wrong the guy. Huh? Man. Yeah. Well, you're in California. Who's locking you down? Trump's right. not locking you down. Nope. Newsom's locking you down. So go push back against him. That's a great point. And and do you think, you know, I know that the polls show America split on this, but there seems to be a growing number of people that think we've gone too far on, on these restrictions. And um, what de- what does that debate look like six months from now? Let's suppose we get the disease under control, which it sort of sounds like with the vaccines we're around the corner maybe from doing the, the grab of power that the, these governments, particularly the local governments, took, um, do the Americans realize that, that that may be permanent? Do they fight to get that freedom back? Where, where do you think the state of personal liberty is after we get rid of this virus? Government gets power. They really don't like giving it back. Yeah. And, and right now, they got a lot of power. So I, I don't think they're just going to hand it back. It's going to need to be wrestled back. That's a great point. And how do we wrestle that back? Is that through the legislative process? Is it through elections? Do we all get our shotguns and our pickup trucks? I mean, what 
how does this uh, play out? Because you're right. I mean, the history of government is once they get more money, they don't give it back. And once they get more power, they don't get it back. That's why the government is four times the size it was just 20 years ago um, or 25 years ago. What's the dynamic that starts it? Is it a movement? Is it a new political party? When you look out, because I know you value personal freedom more than uh, anyone. And um, and it seems as though too many Americans have blindly stepped into an era where they're just ceding that personal liberty every day. What starts the what starts the fire? What starts this moving in a good direction? I, I think that more moderate, more reasonable people on the left are going to have to not tolerate this. Right now, you know, they're like, we voted for this guy. This guy's shutting us down. We stand, we stand with him. But somebody, a large group that's a little more moderate, not AOC type, on the left is going to have to realize this is not what we signed up for. Yeah. Yeah, they have to take a, a lesson from some of these House races, you know, even with the, the presidential race sucking all the oxygen and the coverage. There was a lot of those red districts that turned blue that went back red this time. And that has to be a warning sign if you're a Democrat that put yeah. in your, putting your marbles in the AOC, Gavin Newsom uh, pack may, may not have a good long term future. Um a lot of times people say we're a slightly center-right country because of our, our love of freedom. And um, do you think that that is true still today? And what do you think about the, the the next two generations, right? We got the millennials, they're coming into power now in some ways. And and then we've got Generation Z, which seems to be a, a little bit of a, a counterbalance to the millennials. When you look out generationally, because I know you look at big pictures and you're, you you have a way of capturing the essence of a generation. What what do you see in the in the struggle between those two generations? The up-and-comers. The up-and-comers have, you know, some sort of digital sort of fantastical version of, like, what we could what we could be. But they're going to have to realize that it's not really about a hypothetical about what we could be. It's about Great point. who we are and who we're actually going to be, this right. sort of you know, this thing where everyone goes to college and everyone has housing and everyone has medical this and first class that and access to this, that they're going to have to realize that, that that's a hypothetical yep. that's been talked about for 50 years and it's not going to happen. It's now not. we have to make more practical decisions. Uh, unfortunately, I got to hop because I got to do a podcast in four minutes. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, any parting thoughts, any wisdom you have for us, Adam, as you head out to your, your uh, to the podcast? Don't do your best. Do my best. <laughs> There's a bumper sticker. Uh, I'll be using that all weekend. Adam Crowler, we're so lucky to have you. And I want to thank you so much for spending time and uh, wish you luck on the tour. We'll be watching for you next week in Florida. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Adam. Have a good day. You too, Matt. All righty. Bye-bye. Folks, we'll be right back to wrap things up. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, that wraps up another show. I don't know about you, I laughed. I couldn't help myself. Adam Carolla just brings out the funny bone in me, and after a long couple of weeks of election plotting, it's sure nice to have someone that sees things crystal clear, but with humor, with brightness, with solidarity to the freedoms that make America great. That's what Adam Carolla does every day. And uh, if you haven't checked out one of his comedy concerts, by all means, hey, if you're down in Florida next week, November 2021, he's going to be down in West Palm Beach at the Comedy uh, Club. Check him out there. He's amazing. Check out his videos. If you haven't listened to his podcast, it is one of the best. Um, You laugh, you learn, you really think because of a very, very thoughtful figure in Hollywood, uh, Adam Carolla. We're so grateful he joined us today. Next week, hopefully, we will have the first results from our audit of people that we are, think are high-risk voters, meaning they, they are listed as voting, but we're not sure they did based on what we know about them. We've been calling them day and night. We're starting to find voters that have an interesting story to tell next week on this show. We'll try to give you some of those results and let you know what those are. Until then, enjoy your family. Hey, throw some Kansas City steaks on the grill. Do a barbecue this week and enjoy your family, um, your loved ones. Stay safe, stay healthy. Stay in touch with us on justthenews.com. We'll keep you abreast of all of the breaking news. And we'll be back Monday with a new edition of John Solomon Reports. God bless you and God bless America.